All right, let's talk about the present use of suffering. We got right to this point last week and we were about to unpack this, but let me just positively illustrate this as best I can because you live by the same kinds of rules that you don't like God living by or your critic doesn't like God living by when it comes to the fact that they don't want anyone to be exposed to the problem of pain and suffering. I mean, it is why we're aborting all the children who have Down syndrome or spina bifida or whatever when they get the prenatal screening and they say, well, I don't want them to suffer, so we'll just kill our babies instead. Um, Well, I'm saying, what about the healthy baby? You got a healthy baby there, and I just want to illustrate this with pregnancies, right? Whenever someone intentionally brings a child into this world, they're making a decision that is really on par with and reflective of the thing that they don't like about God. I don't like that God would put us in a world where there's all this potential for evil and pain and suffering. Well, there's not a parent in the world that brings a child into the world, unless they're, they're, they're ignoramuses, that they don't realize that their children are going to be exposed to a lot of pain. Their children are going to be sick. Their children are going to vomit and going to get the flu. And they're probably going to break bones and end up in the ER. And, and not only that, they're going to suffer and die on a deathbed one day or maybe in some fiery accident on the freeway. They know that intellectually but they still are willing to bring children into the world. And I just want to illustrate the fact that there is that calculated decision on the part of parents to say, I'm willing for my children to suffer. That's something I'm willing to do. Very few people, and I guess there's a movement afoot in our day where people are saying, you know, we're not going to have any children. You've heard that recently, perhaps, in the news. Well, and I can say this within the church culture and the subculture I run in, but I've rarely met anyone... Matter of fact, I can't, I can't think of anyone who hasn't reversed their idea about children when they've thought to themselves, I don't want to bring another child into this world. Now, the secularist may not have the same compulsion that a Christian has who's filled with God's spirit, but still, I think most of these people that are out there campaigning today on college campuses that they're refusing to have children, which may not be a bad idea for those people that are refusing to have children, but... <laughs> I'm just saying to you, most of those people will end up nursing children and bringing children home in their strollers and car seats. Um, And they'll make the decision, even though there's global warming or whatever they're claiming they're so aghast about, the politics of the world or uh, whatever it might be that they're all uptight about. Well, every parent's making a calculated decision. I'm willing to increase the pain of an individual because I think there's something good that outweighs the pain that they'll experience. I don't know, that's just a simple illustration that I think can help in the throes of a discussion about why God would create this world if he knew there would be suffering in it. That's the way they pose the question. And I'm saying, have you had kids? And it may be a college student saying that, well, I'm not going to. And I would just say, most of them will end up doing it anyway. But are you castigating and condemning every person that's had a child? knowing that they're going to bring a child into the world and they're going to suffer. And they're going to say, well, I hope there's a whole lot more happiness than pain. I hope there's a whole lot more pleasure than suffering. I hope there's a whole lot more good than bad that comes into their life. Okay, but you're still making a decision. And even if I took that same equation and I threw it on top of the God discussion, they still don't like that. Well, I I don't want God to create a world unless there's no suffering for people in the world. Well, you don't really believe that or you would live in that way. Then you have children. The example in the parenting patterns. 
people are parenting right now and continuing to inflict pain on their children intentionally because they recognize there's a role of pain in our children that is for their good. I mean, sometimes even within the context of sports, think about that. I mean, a parent really wanting a child to go and sweat and to huff and to puff and to get out there and maybe get knocked around on the gridiron as a freshman in high school thinking, well, this will be good for him. I mean, it's almost masochistic if you don't see it from a bigger perspective, but every parent intuitively does see it from a bigger perspective, and they recognize there's a lot of things I make my kids do that hurt, and it seems in some ways within the context of an, a, a month or a day or a year or even a, a high school career, it seems superfluous, it seems excessive, it seems unnecessary, and yet they see a bigger picture of the good that is supposed to come from the bad that they are purposefully inflicting upon their children. And you can use the little simple illustrations of you know, a shot in the arm of a child and, and to say, well, I'm willing for my kid to go through that discomfort for the sake of something better. Well, that's the simple illustration, but there's a lot of other things that are much more subtle than that. There's a million things that happen in the lives of children that parents purposefully expect them to go through that are unpleasant, suffering and pain, but they do it willingly because they believe there's something good on the other side of it. Good intention by the recipient is obscured by ignorance. Good intention, the good intention, whatever the good intention might be in the allowance of suffering and evil, of the even directive of pain, to see it from God's perspective, the language of God, to the, the decree of discomfort and something that's not a happy experience, that good intention can't be seen when there's a lack of perspective and a lack of knowledge. That's why children don't, don't get it. I heard someone just last week yelling and screaming when a nurse came in to get an IV going. It wasn't my daughter, I'll just be clear on that. It was a, someone else that we were sharing a room with. But that you know, of, of course, the, the girl didn't recognize that was in that hospital bed. What an important thing this was that she get that IV. Her ignorance of what good this would produce, it ended up in her life bringing out all these objections and pounding her fist, uh, you know, really literally down on her hospital bed that she did not want this to happen because it was unpleasant to her. And there are are tons of things our children go through, and it's not just children, I want to extrapolate this into adulthood, that people don't want to do because they don't see the, the whole picture. Even our teenagers that may not see the value of deferred satisfaction or saving money for the future or doing the work in school to get a degree, to get a job, to get a better paycheck. Whatever the perspective might be, ignorance is always going to obscure the good intention and I'm speaking within the context of pain and suffering. So if you just see that as a paradigm within parenting, that's just my illustration here, then I'm saying that parental intention, the positive intention of a parent, you could recognize that there is a limitation built into humanity that may not understand the fullness of God's intention in suffering. Now, critics don't like that. But again, I go back to letter B, they don't, and number one, they don't propose a good alternative to that. They, uh, they can't maintain 
the aspects of humanity and extract evil and suffering and get left on the other side with something they like. And so I would say, if we have a world with pain and suffering that seems gratuitous to you, it seems over the top, it seems unnecessary, I'm just saying, could it be, just like in so many other scenarios that we do experience and we know from those that are ignorant, that there's some ignorance in humanity at large and there's something transcendent about God's knowledge, to use biblical terms from Romans 11.33, that there's something inscrutable about his judgments. Good intentions are always obscured by ignorance. I just want to be humble about this whole approach to suffering and evil, certainly because most people can't come up with a good alternative. Mm -hmm.